So I have a little bit different message uh, this morning. And I want to begin by reading out of uh, the letter, Paul's letter to the Philippians, um, the church at Philippi. And I would say that if I had uh, a favorite passage, I have a few favorite passages, and this would rank up there in the top three or top five. It's out of Philippians chapter one, starting with verse three. And when I read this, I, I, I think of it uh, both in terms of um, uh, my prayer for uh, Deep River Friends, and I think about it in terms of how Paul always opens up his letters, uh, it seems, with how he's praying for those that he serves. So this is what Paul writes. I thank my God every time I mention you in my prayers. I'm thankful for all of you every time I pray. And it's always a prayer full of joy. I'm glad because of the way you have been my partners in the ministry of the gospel from the time you first believed it until now. I'm sure about this. The one who started a good work in you will stay with you to complete the job by the day of Christ Jesus. I have good reason to think this way about all of you because I keep you in my heart. You are all my partners in God's grace, both during my time in prison and in the defense and support of the gospel. God is my witness that I feel affection for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. Now, I want to just stop there and just say there are so many words in this passage that reflect my heart towards um, all of you. Uh, I would have to say probably most of them, if, except for the ones that both during my time in prison, because that hasn't happened and hope never will. But all of these words speak my heart, my language, my heart language for you. Um, I mention you in my prayers. I'm thankful for you every time I pray. And it's always a prayer full of joy. I'm glad, as Paul says, because of the way you are partners in this ministry of the gospel, this ministry that we have here at Deep River Friends Meeting, through the meeting and through our lives. We are all partners in this. No one is better than the other. No one is higher than the other. But we are partnering with each other and with God. And then I love this uh, sentence. I'm sure about this, Paul writes. The one who started a good work in you will stay with you to complete the job. That is my hope and my trust that God has started a good work in you. In all of us, God has started a good work at Deep River Friends meeting years and years and years ago, over 266 years ago. Uh, and that God will always be around, as Paul writes, to complete the job. We're all unfinished work. Uh, we're all unfinished in many ways, but, but God just doesn't leave us unfinished. God continues to do a good work in us and will continue to do that good work, whatever that good work looks like for each one of us. And then Paul goes on to say, God is my witness that I feel affection for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And that is my honest heart and my honest prayer. The other day, which, yesterday, actually, which was Friday, I was sitting in, in my office here at the meeting house across the parking lot. And part of what I felt was that 
There are just so many words out there right now in our culture and society. I mean, there's all sorts of ways that we can hear preaching. There's all sorts of ways that we can hear teaching. Uh, there are announcements. There are social media. There's emails. There's text. There's just so many words coming at us. So many things being said. And, and so I sat there for a while in the office, and I just kind of reflected. I thought, what else is there to say? I'm sure there's a lot of things to say, but what else is there to say? What, what do I really want to say to these friends and these folks right now during this time? And it actually began to come out in the form of a prayer, in the form of sort of little prayers, if you will. And I'll share those in a few moments. But really, these are my prayers for you. These are prayers of my heart. And as I was looking over them again this morning, it, it occurred to me that these are ways that I could be praying for each one of you, pray, ways that I could be praying for us as a meeting. Paul goes on to add this uh, in the rest of the passage, starting with verse 9. And this is my prayer, that your love might become even more and more rich with knowledge and all kinds of insight. I pray this so that you'll be able to decide what really matters. Boy, that's a great line. Praying so that we will be able to decide what really matters, which is always a really tough decision to make. I once heard that the hardest decision to make is between what's good and what's best. And what Paul is really inviting us to experience is this level of praying, this, this way of praying that, that we are able to discern what really matters, and we'll live into that. As Paul writes, so you will be sincere and blameless on the day of Christ. I pray that you, you will then be filled with the fruit of righteousness, which comes from Jesus Christ, in order to give glory and praise to God. Well, there is a lot there. There's a lot there, and a lot that I want to add and just keep mulling over and reflecting back to you. But what I want to do is share just a few moments about my prayers for each one of us, my prayers for me, my prayers for you, my prayer for whoever's listening, in part my prayers for the world, in part my prayers for Deep River Friends Meeting. And my prayer for you is this, first, that even during this challenging season, that you will also discover it to be a stretching season of growth, a deepening of your own spiritual life, a deepening of your own human journey, and you will explore ways to live your life on a growing edge. In other words, who do you want to become through this? How do you want to grow through this? I remember when this all first started, the pandemic, uh, this little phrase just came to me uh, that sounded kind of a little maybe corny, but this is what I heard. If we have to go through this, we might as well grow through this. And I began to embrace that even more and more and realized that there's some powerful truth behind that. That this, this experience is really stretching me. It's really stretching us. So my prayer is that during this challenging season, well, we will discover uh, ways of deepening our spiritual life and even our own human personal development and our human journey. And that we will live ways, live life on a growing edge and find what that growing edge is for each one of us. My prayer for you is that amidst the moments of grief and loss, you will experience moments of healing, joy, and gratitude as God heals your heart, and you become increasingly aware of the value and gift of each moment. 
I know a lot of folks, and I've said this before, but I think it bears repeating, a lot of folks have experienced grief during this time. Family members and friends have passed away, or, or you've missed milestones and, and special moments, and, and that still keeps happening. So it's like grief and sadness kind of comes in waves. It happens, and then it, it, it's gone for a bit, then it happens again, and then it's gone for a bit, but it, it's like it never ends. And so there is this sort of constant experience of grief and loss. But I pray that in the midst of that, that we will experience, you will experience moments of healing and joy and gratitude, and that what it can do in many ways is help us to become increasingly aware of the value and gift of each moment, of the things that mean the most to us and the things that really should matter the most. And my prayer for you is that your stress and anxiousness will only be a visitor to your soul, and you'll discover ways to dwell deeply in the love, care, promises and sustaining grace of God. Stress and anxiousness are real, and we will experience it, but we can also seek to dwell in God's loving care. And when I say that stress and anxiousness will be only a visitor to your soul, I'm really seeing it in that way to acknowledge that it's here, it's present. We might as well name it. There's nothing wrong with us for feeling anxiousness and stress. There's nothing wrong that it visits us every now and then, and maybe it stays longer than it needs to. But also we can... We can, uh, we, we can allow it to visit us and then, then refocus and allow ourselves to dwell deeply in that awareness of God's constant love, that awareness of God's constant care and God's constant sustaining, sustaining grace, which is around us and about us and embraces us and never leaves us. My prayer for you and I and us, including myself, is this, that we will find ways to hold to our own personal convictions while deeply honoring the dignity of the other and working hard to see that of God in everyone. That while we may disagree, our disagreements do not invalidate the reality of each of us being created in the image of God. I don't know what more to say about that short prayer other than that it's a, it's a reality. We find ourselves in a very disagreeable period, it seems. Um, there's disagreements, there's conflicts, and, and there's fights, and and out of that tends, comes the tendency to want to demonize others, the tendency to want to scapegoat, the tendency to want to blame, and sometimes the tendency really to diminish another person. And when we diminish others, I think we not only do damage to others, but we do damage to ourselves. When I diminish someone else, I do damage to them, and I do damage to my soul, and we, we do damage to the fabric of our world because we're all created in the image of God. There is that of God in everyone. There is that sense of, of value and dignity. And so we may have moments where we disagree. We have our personal convictions. But how can we hold to those and yet still uphold the dignity and value and image of God in everyone that we see? My prayer for us is that we will discover or rediscover that the God who that God, um, the God who lives outside the walls of the churches and meeting houses uh, is, is, is present among us, and we can partner with God in God's ongoing continuous mission, which is loving the world and reconciliation for all. Let me rephrase that because I kind of messed it up a bit. My prayer is that we will discover or rediscover that God lives outside the walls of the churches and meeting houses as well as inside. And that we will discover ways to partner with God in God's ongoing continuous mission, which is loving the world 
and reconciliation for all. all right? That makes more sense. Really what I wanted to say about this is we've often used the term reopening when we talk about coming back into church, when that will be. And one of the things I've been saying is, well, let's talk about regathering because in many ways we've never closed. The church has always been open. We've just been in different places. We haven't been gathering inside. Maybe we've gathered outside. But the church is wherever you and I are and exist. It's wherever we dwell. It's wherever we're going to be. That is where the church is. And wherever we are, that is where God is. In fact, God is already there. God's work continues on in the world. God's mission continues. And God's mission, just very simply, is that of loving the world, that of recreating the world in, 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 in God's intent of, of, of wholeness. God's mission is reconciliation for all. And as Paul says, we are ambassadors of reconciliation. In other words, we are God's representatives of God's rule and God's reign. And wherever we, are, wherever we go, we are charged with that reality of being God's ambassadors of reconciliation and love and forgiveness. So my prayer to reiterate is that we'll discover or rediscover the God who lives outside the walls of our churches and our meeting houses and join with God in this ministry of reconciliation. And my prayer for us is that even though we find ourselves isolated in various ways, we will discover ways to remain connected that bring hope and encouragement to one another's lives. Necessary isolation doesn't have to mean continuous disconnection. We have the capacity with technology and good old-fashioned cards to offer an encouraging word, an uplifting word, to bring life to those who feel as if they've lost a sense of life. This is probably uh, such a prime season to make sure we stay connected with, with texting, uh, with social media, with cards, with letters, even with a phone call for the purpose of encouraging, for the purpose of saying, I see you, even though we may not be there in their presence, to just say to folks, I see you, I know you exist, and I've been thinking about you, or I'm praying for you, or I want to know how you're doing. Just a simple, how are you getting along? Are you holding up? Are you managing well? Can be very powerful for folks, particularly the ones that don't have a lot of family and friends to be with them. Or maybe ones that we sense in our heart are feeling lonely and scared and isolated. So my prayer is that we'll find ways to connect in a very powerful way. My prayer for us is that we will be at home with our own brokenness so that we will not put more pressure on ourselves to perform, to get it together, and we will be as tender with ourselves as God is and that we are enough and that we will bring this awareness and tenderness to our world so that we can also be a healing presence in our world, a world that's broken by pain, suffering, inner woundedness, tragedy, injustice, and division. One thing I am aware of is that the woundedness and pain that a lot of people have been carrying, maybe for years, just gets exacerbated and magnified during this time because stress and, and anxiety and, and pressure just put so much more pressure on this woundedness and brokenness and pain. And some folks are really having a hard time coping. Sometimes some folks are having a hard time really working things out. And some folks have sometimes gone into a very, very dark place. So I, I, my prayer is that we will all see that we're all broken in many ways. I'm broken. I have places within me that still need attention, need to be healed, maybe places I'm not even aware of, my own inner woundedness, but that we'll not put more pressure on ourselves to get it together, but we'll be as tender with ourselves as God is.
is and that we'll simply allow God's love and other people's loves to heal us and to bring us out of those tough places, sometimes those dark places, into God's loving light. My prayer is that we'll be able to see that conviction and civility is not an either-or choice, but it can be a both-and choice, that the evolving of a people depends on our ability to hold both our convictions and to do it with civility. That kind of goes with my other prayer earlier. But this, this ability, this, um, this maturity, if you will, this evolving of who we are, to be able to hold both our convictions and to do it with civility, because in, in, in our ability to do that, then that's where we find the common ground that we really so desperately need to find in order to be a healing presence for each other and a healing presence in this world. So that's my prayer, is that we'll hold our convictions. I'll have my convictions and you'll have your convictions, but that we can hold them with civility. We don't have to make that either or. I'm either going to have convictions or I'm either going to be civil. We can have our convictions and offer civility and space for one another to listen, to understand, and to be open and to find that common ground. My prayer, my prayer is that we'll hold on tenaciously to hope so that our hearts do not drift into cynicism and fatalism. For our world and our communities, they need those who are what I call brokers in hope rather than those who are brokers in cynicism and fatalism. For we are, as one poet puts it, we are on a marathon of hope. This is not a sprint. This is not a dash. We are on a marathon of hope. This is going to take uh, some pacing ourselves. This is going to take some sustainability. Uh, it's going to take some endurance. It's going to take some perseverance. It's going to take some resilience. And so my prayer is that we hold tenaciously to hope so that our hearts don't drift into cynicism. They don't drift into fatalism and, and drift into those kind of dark places. Uh, but that we're brokers in hope and that we're on this marathon of hope to bring that to the world. And that's going to take maybe some of our own personal time to find ways to replenish hope in our hearts. And then finally, my prayer is for you and I, but you, to flourish in such a way that you're able to reach your fullest potential, that you're able to find gratitude in each day, that you, that you find the courage to show up each day with its challenges, that you're able to discover and live out your best self in a world that can often bring out the worst in us, that you discover your truest self and you can live it out with faithfulness and in such a way that you bring beauty to a sometimes ugly world, that you can find joy in each day, even if it's small joy, a very small joy, for our soul needs moments of celebration. Often I ask somebody, and I ask this question to our contemplative prayer group, uh, anybody can be part of, by the way, the contemplative call on Monday, uh, Sundays and Wednesday evenings from 8 to 8.30. One of the questions I asked a while back was, what made you smile today? Even just for a moment. Maybe it made you grin, but what made you smile today? And you know, there were, there were quite a few things that we looked back and said, that made me smile. That made me grin. We forget those moments. We, we lose track of them because this feels like such a heavy, serious time. So what made you smile today? And my prayer, friends, is for you to flourish so we together can help our world flourish, 
and to reach its fullest potential towards, to quote the late Howard Thurman, towards becoming a friendly world of friendly folk beneath a friendly sky. Now that's not a pipe dream. I don't think it is. That's not a wish. That, that can be a reality. But it's going to take my openness to flourish. It's going to take our openness to flourish, to flourish with all that the Spirit longs to give us, to flourish with all that God wants to give us so that we can be our best selves, to flourish, to cooperate and partner with the good work that, that God is doing in each one of us, as Paul wrote in the passage that I read, that God is doing a good work in each of us, and God will complete that good work, and I believe that good work is for each of us to flourish so our world can flourish, so your families can flourish, that your relationships can flourish, your, your marriages can flourish, that you can flourish at work, you can flourish in whatever you do. So as Howard Thurman says, that we can become a friendly world, a friendly folk beneath a friendly sky. I really, really thank you for letting me share these prayers with you. Um, I hope they have been helpful and encouraging. And I'm going to be praying through these uh, as, 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 I, as I hang on to them and just find ways to incorporate my prayer for you, for Deep River Friends, and for us into these, uh, into these prayer focuses.